One, two, three, and to the foe. Snoop Doggy Doggy Doctor Three is at the door. I can't do this. Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last Buffy episode, despite survival. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, Wolves, y'all remember? Quick question in sync, who's your favorite member? Oops, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State, yeah. Korean M, yeah, they out this world, but that's Ray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> Even though recorded in 2018 when the Golden State Warriors were still good, <laughs> will never get old to me. It's like when Eddie Furtado asks if your game is MVP, like Steve Nash. This is the Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast episode 110 overall, and the third episode of the Isolation series. My name is Ray Ray. Guess what? We are all still stuck at home. Society as we know it is changing. And whenever this virus gets contained, whether it's months or years from now, and believe me, it's going to be months or years from now, because we're not going to get a vaccine on this for a short time, society norms will be changed forever. So, if you're stuck at home, it's probably a great time to start on passion projects you have wanted to start on forever. Maybe you can work on a new video game, or start a new TV series, or do some spring cleaning, or hell, start a podcast. I restarted mine. <laughs> so, there is no better time than now. You can play this podcast in the fall, and there is no better time than now will still will probably still apply. Catch up with old friends you haven't talked to in years. Although I'll say that what have you been doing as of late is probably not the best question because the answer is likely going to be, well, uh, I'm staying at home, just like you. So, uh, right now as I'm talking, it is April the first, 2020. Earlier in the day, I talked to an old friend. I can call her an old friend, right? Sarah Spain of ESPN. As you can imagine, it's hard to talk about sports because there really are no sports going on. So we basically catch up on life and the other things going on in this world. We did talk about her beloved 1998 Chicago Bulls because the Last Dance documentary will be premiering on ESPN on Sunday, April the 19th. We talked about that. But it was just great catching up with her. Uh, she's always been good to me. It was actually my second time talking to Sarah Spain on this podcast. So if you missed the first one. You can go back to the archives at rary.net slash fun. She was on episode 94, which was on June 2018. That was a long time ago. By the way, while we're at it, remember that the Rary is Fundamental podcast can be found where you can find podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, etc. And you can also find a podcast at my home site, rary.net slash fun. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the No Look Pass. That's really all I got. Promo, and then I talk to Sarah Spain of ESPN. Advertise me! This is Zach Harper, and you're listening to Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, because Ray Ray is fundamental. You know, like those NBA commercials, with the reading is fundamental. You get what I mean. Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast isolation series, I guess. We're going to be stuck here for a while. My guest. 
You've seen her on Around the Horn, or rather now it's Around the Home with the current scene going on. You've seen her on Highly Questionable. She writes on ESPNW. You can hear her on Spain, on Spain and Company on ESPN Radio. You can also hear her on her own podcast called That's What She Said. If you live and breathe ESPN, and you've seen and heard her. She's the Kamesh. She's the queen of everything. Sarah Spain. <laughs> Welcome to my internet house. Thank you for having me. First of all, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, to be honest. I'm trying to focus on the things I'm grateful for, which include that I have a safe house to live in, that my husband and I still enjoy each other's company, that I have three wonderful dogs to snuggle with that are like little mini therapists, um, and that I still have a job. And so even though it's a little uncomfortable and there's certainly fun opportunities and work things and and things I was really looking forward to in the coming months that are all being canceled and that I'm going to miss out on. I consider myself extremely lucky and sort of just understand that there's there's really nothing we can do. We're 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 stuck doing our best during this. How difficult has been a transition for you because I can't believe it's like only last month, right? Every single right. hour there was sports happening. Now the only things happening are some UFC fights, maybe ping pong. I guess. I don't know what else. <laughs> Marble racing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? It actually hasn't been as bad as I expected. I was really worried about, you know, figuring out what to talk about. I do three hours of radio every night. Yeah. So um, that's a lot of time to fill when there are no games. But uh, between NFL free agency, which plows ahead, the draft that they plan on doing virtually, and so discussions about teams and what they're going to do, uh, having people on who are doing great things in their community to help support people during this time. Um, we have a bracket to replace March Madness that's doing the uh, best action and adventure TV theme songs of all time. <laughs> yes. And then having a little fun with it. Like, honestly, one of my favorite shows uh, is Dan Levitard's show with, with Stu Gatz, and they always are sort of sports adjacent for a lot of their coverage, and there's a real freedom to explore with that right now. Last night we had on... Uh, this this guy in in, uh, in New York, he's a Brooklyn photographer who was yes. stuck at home, and he was watching people from afar, saw a girl dancing on the rooftop across the street, and used a drone to send her a note that said to give him a call, and then they started texting and FaceTiming, and then he secretly arranged with her roommate a, a, a dinner on the rooftop that she set up for the, for the, the roommate so they could eat from afar. Then right. he showed up in a bubble for day two, like really romantic, cool stuff. So we had him on the show to talk about what he was doing. We had on a mayor from a tiny town in the middle of nowhere that had gone viral because his Facebook post was like, dear all you morons and sensible people, stay the F home. Like, and so we're, we're getting to have a lot of fun with it. And like, to be honest with you, the last two weeks, I would say, have been like some of our best shows. We're just coming up with really creative and fun and I think smart interesting content we had a sports economist last night talking about whether it really will be cost prohibitive for schools now that the NCAA has reinstated eligibility for spring sport athletes is it a matter of accounting where you're really just moving from one coffer to another or will it debilitate programs so there's actually a lot more than you would think to get into yeah, but here's the thing also, because, again, we've been stuck here for, oh, God, I keep, I keep thinking, it's only been a month, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But how long do you think before we go back to normal per se, because this is still, this is still going on around the world? I mean... Yeah, to be honest with you, I, I have no idea, and I don't, I don't think anyone knows. I think yeah. so much of that is dependent upon how the measures that we're taking, how well they work, and how much people stick with them. 
you know, there was a, there was a setback. You know, we had Brian Windhorst on, one of our ESPN NBA guys, and he said that a lot of what the NBA was using as a model to try to figure out when they might return and how it would look when they did was China, because China is a month or two ahead of us. And unfortunately, there was just a setback in, in in China's decision or efforts to get back on track with their Chinese Basketball Association. So some of the models that we're looking at. Um, you know, might might not be uh, might not actually work out when when it comes to the actual practice of applying them. We still have tested such a small percentage of the people in our country, right. and so to believe that we're anywhere near not being sequestered, I think, is foolhardy because there are too many people walking around with it now that don't know they have it. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the people who don't show any symptoms are quote unquote super spreaders. They're healthy. They don't show any symptoms. They go everywhere. They talk to a lot of people. They don't know they're spreading it every time. Um, and so, to be honest with you, there are things that require looking ahead. And so, for conversations on the show about when sports are returning and how it might look, we're trying to address those as best we can. But I also understand that both for me and for other people, there's a lot of anxiety in setting dates and watching them fly by. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's better to just deal with whatever's happening in the moment and address the issues in front of you right now and allow yourself to not get too far ahead. Because I think if, if I said to you right now, you're going to be in your house until December. Right. Like, that would be awful. But yeah. if I said to you, you're going to be in house for two weeks, then you'd be like, all right. And then two weeks from now, I said, you're going to be in your house another two weeks. Okay, I'm going to get through this. And another, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying December. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's easier to process what's right in front of you than to get anxious about how far it might last. And mm -hmm. you just have to sort of create a new normal. You know, I'm working out four times a week. I'm, you know, walking the dogs. I'm finding things to do in my free moments. I'm super busy with work. And I think that's the way you have to approach it. It can't be sort of like a, I'm going to sit on my butt until this is over. It needs to be, I'm going to live life. I'm going to do all the things that I still can do and take advantage of every day and not treat this like I'm waiting for something to end because you might be waiting a while. Yeah. Plus the thing is, I mean, let's be realistic here. Like there won't be a vaccine for a long, long time, probably a year and yeah. a half, two years. And we've already seen other countries have a second wave of this thing. So who right. knows, right? Yeah, it's going to take a while. Um, we'll talk a little sports right now. Uh, the NBA season's being postponed and they might cancel the entire season. Who knows? Um, so... What are you so bummed about that you might miss? Well, yeah, it's an interesting thing, and, and we were talking to, to Wendy about that, is, like, what's the priority for the NBA? Do they want to finish this season at the risk of really pushing back and potentially shortening the next season? Or would they rather scrap this one and then hope that they can start the next season on time? And then, you know, the, the way the Olympics have been moved to essentially a year after the initial date allows them to not feel like it's a conflict, unless, of course, you're coming off two back-to-back -back seasons with almost no off-season. Then do they take a break instead of sending their best to the Olympics? You know, there's a whole lot of questions. So um, I would say the thing that I'm missing most is um, what I thought would probably eventually be either a Clippers or Lakers versus Bucks final. Um, Giannis is my favorite player in the league right now. I love watching him. And I also just... You know, I know that there are people who want to see the last couple rounds of LeBron while he's still got it, uh, um, and of course I want to see that too, but there's something about a small market team like the Bucks putting things together the way they did this year, yes. being on pace to you know, have 70-plus wins, having incredible talent, doing it the way that other NBA uh, small markets can look at. That's such a disappointment for that to get interrupted, because 
you expect the Lakers and some other places to be able to recreate it. You have to hope, especially in the case of the Bucks, if they if they for whatever reason wouldn't be able to hang on to Giannis, how long would they have to wait again for something like that? And that's a bummer. Yeah. And I, I miss the Raptors because they are doing such a great job without Kawhi yes. Leonard. Yeah, they had a long yeah, running streak. Yeah, and so surprising yeah. to mm-hmm. lose Kawhi and still be doing the things that uh, that they were doing. Uh, completely agree. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of that. There were so many good storylines, and there was this this playoff season. There were a lot of unknowns about how certain teams, whether that's like the small ball Rockets, um, you know, are going to contend, or the or the Clippers when they click into playoff mode and everybody's healthy and, and they've got their full roster every night. No load management. What does that look like? Um, you know, and then. It opens up a whole lot of questions that I know they're dealing with in, in other sports like baseball now, too, is if you don't complete the season, do you still enter free agency, right? And and what does that mean for a guy that was coming up and, and you know, normally might have returned but instead decides to go somewhere else? And, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty messy. Yeah. French Open is canceled in tennis. Wimbledon just canceled today. Yeah. Um, yeah. The NFL season, we might not know if it's going to be an NFL season. Like, this is – everything is just push, being pushed forward right now. Yeah, it's tough. We've never seen anything like it when it comes to sports. And, you know, it's obviously really scary for a sports network and for people who work in it. You know, a couple months you can get through with a variety of things, including like, you know, the Bulls documentary and lots of 30 for 30s and conversation about the stuff that's still happening in NFL free agency and stuff. But if you get into, you know, a year without sports or seven months without sports or something like that, you're looking at... um, it affecting bottom lines and jobs a lot more, and that's that's scary. Yeah. Nice segue with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, 1998 last <laughs> dance. I wanted to talk to you about that. And you're a Chicago gal. Um, what were your memories of the 98 Bulls? Well, so I was a high schooler in the suburbs of Chicago for the entirety of the Bulls' great run. It was the perfect time because – uh, I mean, maybe I would say, like, maybe in 20s and 30s when I could have afforded to go to all the games and, and been, you know, at it would have been even better. Yeah. But at least when I was younger, the responsibilities were minimal. So it was, you know, every day after homework, I would watch every single game. And I remember specifically that last 97-98 season. I watched every single game of that season, either live or on my VHS recordings, because I'm yes. old. Um, and, I mean, it was, it was... You know, I think at the time, being, being you know, a, a kid and, and following every single story, I knew that there was a potential that that would be the end of the run. Mm-hmm. But I also was preparing to go to college. There was so much else going on in my life that I was really able to, like, enjoy all of what happened and not stress as much about, you know, Phil Jackson's likely leaving. Scottie Pippen's asking for a trade. You know, Jordan might be gone. Yeah. Um, instead, just sort of living game by game and... There's so many storylines in there that I think are going to be fascinating to have the behind the scenes. All three of what I just mentioned. Then you add in Rodman, who became increasingly tougher to wrangle, and Phil Jackson's having to figure out you know, the ways to get the best out of him while still allowing him the freedom so that he doesn't totally implode. Um, there's just a lot of behind the scenes. And then I think one thing that will be really interesting is people who don't really remember Jordan and what it was like night in and night out, how intense he was for every free throw, every defensive possession, how he was in practice even, uh, you know, that's what made him so great. And it's it's not that there aren't players like that today, but it's a whole different level of 100% uh, 
every single second of every game that it's really hard to find even in the best players today. Imagine if these Bulls were under today's social media rules, right? The, <laughs> yeah. the 96 team 172, the 97 team 169, the 98 team went the second three-peat. I mean, it's it's amazing how there was so much under the lights during that time. Yeah, I mean, if there was social media now, Lord knows what would be coming up for Dennis Rodman out of town, <laughs> for Michael Jordan, who was, you know, notoriously potentially a, a ladies' man. Yeah. Uh, you know, for for you know what what I mean, it's 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 just a different time, and that's one of the other things. So here in Chicago, the NBC Sports station has been running the 96 playoffs from start to finish, mm. starting with the opening round games against the Heat and then the Knicks and Magic. And um, it's so crazy to watch now, not only the actual games and, and the plays and all that, but the, the, the graphics, the, the reporters, the commercials. Like, you know, sometimes they'll cut back just in time to see either the end of a commercial or they'll do some sort of, like, sponsored halftime thing where they give $1,000 to something and you're like, okay, that's old school right like uh, we're not presenting a giant check for a thousand dollars anymore these days but um yeah it and it's it's this combination of like loving it so much because that that was my childhood Mm -hmm. and also crazy nostalgia of trying to remember like who i was when i watched it the first time and what was going on in my life Did you have any doubt that the 98 bulls would win because they got they got pretty close to losing us the utah jazz there yeah you know it's interesting i got so spoiled that um I know at the time I would get really nervous. My family, we would, my, my parents weren't really into sports, but I would take over the family room television for every game. <laughs> and so if they wanted to hang out in there, they would be watching. And, yeah. you know, my dad doesn't really swear, but for whatever reason, his prime uh, thing when he didn't like something that someone on the other team did would be jackass. <laughs> and so I just remember, you know, him calling the opposing team jackasses and me being incredibly nervous. But, I mean, it's crazy. My my sports life, now there's certainly been a lot of disappointments and being a Cubs fan and, and just getting the World Series title 2016 is big. But yes. I will say, the Bears in the 06-07 season are the only one of my teams that has made it to a championship series or game and lost. Every wow. single Bulls team won. Mm-hmm. The Cubs won. Every single time the Blackhawks made it to the Stanley Cup final, they won. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just been... It's been like, if you make that magical run, you're going to come out on the other side victorious so far. Other than, you know, the Bears game that I was at in the rain in Miami, you know, crying and sad and everything Mm -hmm. fell apart. But, um, but yeah, there was something about that Bulls team that as as nervous as I was, we never saw Jordan lose. Why would he lose now? Like, yeah, like when had he ever not gotten the thing done that he wanted to get done? Yeah. And the most iconic moment probably in NBA history of Jordan with the last shot, right, against Utah. I mean... Yep, absolutely. Get, yeah, I can't get any better than that. Hi, this is Katie Forbes from Twitter, and you are listening to Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. From Twitter. That's <laughs> hilarious. From Twitter, yep. Like, yeah. like that's like a... Like I'm like a celebrity, but instead it's a social <laughs> platform with like millions of people on it. We remember... Rita Wilson busting out hip hop hooray when she was quarantined. <laughs> then you retweeted her and you joined her by doing nothing but a G thing. So, are you and Rita having wine over Zoom chat now? Not yet. You know, I was kind of <laughs> bummed because, first of all, it was amazing that she wrote me three times, yeah. not just the once, mm-hmm. but three three different little messages on via via stories back and forth. But um, I, I guess my acting career it's it's for the best that it never took off because you know she requested me 
channeling her character in, in Sleepless in Seattle when I cry on Highly Questionable. And then I never heard back. So maybe she thought my fake crying didn't do her justice. Uh, also, probably more likely, she's in the middle of Australia in a totally different time zone. And she's Rita Wilson, so she's busy and just never got back to it. Uh, but, um, yeah, that was pretty crazy. It's, it's been pretty funny. I was watching Sports Center, and they were doing, like, a fake thing of whether SVP had to guess whether shows were real or not. And one of them was Billy on the street. And so he gave Billy Eichner a shout-out, so I, I posted it and tagged Billy, and Billy, re, you know, messaged me about it. So it's been interesting to feel connected. Like, that's one thing that my friend sent me that was just so spot-on mm-hmm. about all of this was this quote that she read about how it's such a weird time to all be doing the same thing. The quote was, the most isolating thing most of us have done is, ironically, almost surely the most collective experience we've ever had in our lifetimes. Yeah. And it's so true. Like, we're doing the same thing that Oprah's doing right now. Yeah. Right? Like... <laughs> it's it's crazy. Other than you know, other than doctors and nurses or people in essential jobs that are that are going out to do things, but most of us are doing the exact same thing as everybody else, no matter how much food or money or you know anything that you have. And so um, there's something about that that's sort of crazy, like this idea of you know being. Able, and actually, I read this story this morning that kind of frustrated me. Someone was saying all these celebrities need to stop doing videos and, and just sit at home and no one cares and I was like if you don't like it don't click on it but yeah. for a lot of people that connection mm-hmm. or that entertainment or that moment is a little thing that breaks up their day and gets them thinking about something else and so whatever your frustration is or whatever your you know jealousy or judgment is about that person in a nicer house or a nicer place during this that's the same as every other day right yeah. it's the same as and, and it's the same thing that people, when people were saying, I don't think you should be offering NFL players these massive contracts when other people are struggling. I agree, but you could say that every other day, too. Yeah. And so, like, that cognitive dissonance of understanding that you appreciate something that still kind of doesn't feel always right for, to be making so much money and have such a profit, yeah. that's going to come any other time. And so if it also serves people and gives them a distraction, whether that's those celebrity videos or NFL talk... Um, if you're not into it, don't click on it. Don't watch it. But, you know, I, I think that judgment doesn't really serve people right now. Yeah. I mean, I need a break for my day, too, and I'm talking to you. I mean, that distracts <laughs> me from what's going on right now, right? So Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, you did nothing but a G thing for, for uh, when you joined Rita Wilson on that. But what's your go-to for karaoke? Because I know the last time you were on this podcast, you mentioned that you'd rather rap than sing. So what's your go-to? Yes. Well, actually, my go-to is nothing but a G thing. Mm-hmm. I also do. Uh, I also do regulate. Um, yeah, that's my other one. Nice. Um, and then I, you know, the last time I went, I I can't remember what I sang, but we had like one of those big rooms where you could just keep picking different songs. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people were doing them. Um, yeah. On my birthday last year, I did. Uh, this is how we do it. Russell Jordan. Nice. Um, and also. Uh, um, uh, we, we built, built this city, city. <laughs> by Starship. Um, uh, one of my jams. Yes. Um, so yeah, but yeah, my go-to's are usually the raps because my voice is kind of uh, in and out depending on the day. Who does Nate Dog for regularly? Or you do both part? Do you do both parts? Oh, I do both parts. Awesome. Yeah, I do both parts of nothing but a G thing and both parts of uh, regulate. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I asked you this two years ago, the last time you were on here, but the celebrity you were recently starstruck by. I know you didn't have an answer. Do you have an answer now? Oh, starstruck! But that, like that I've met, or just, just recent, that I like love. Yeah. Uh, when you were when you're just like, oh my god, I I can't believe I'm I'm talking to his this person. Oh. Um. 
I don't know if I have one of those. I mean, I had um, I had Joel McHale on my radio show recently, and I love him. I'm obsessed with the show community. Mm. I loved him on Talk Soup. Like he was, he was, he's he's always been a fave of mine. So it's kind of crazy to me to have him on my show, and that yes. you know he follows me on social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Rita Wilson. Yeah, thing was that was rad. Yeah, yeah. No, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, that's it. I mean, like I said, I've I've gotten kind of used to it, which is it's yeah. just weird because I remember when people used to say that, I'd be like, you know, come on, that's not true. But I mean, All Star Week here in Chicago ended up, uh, you know, was texting back and forth with Charles Barkley, and he had us meet up with him nice. at this cigar bar, and we spent a couple hours just just my husband and I and like four people and Chuck for a couple hours, and so the fact that like this dude that I watched growing up, that's one of my all time favorites, is like a friend now is pretty crazy yeah uh, so yeah yeah and i think my friends right now are jealous that i'm talking to you because they see <laughs> you on tv and i've known you for like what oh my god when was blogs of balls 2009 wow. i've known you that long that's, that's a long time <laughs> it is that's longer than my well i know you before espn so i was gonna say that's a lot that's longer than my husband yeah <laughs> yikes um i'll get away from that one uh how are the dogs doing, by the way? You know, I, you know, I love dogs. The dogs are magical. They are enjoying unprecedented levels of being at home. And uh, so they, they are loving all the snuggles and walks. <laughs> and um, honestly, I find them incredibly calming. So it's very useful to have, like, built-in snuggle buddies everywhere. Yeah. And last thing, because there are people who, are, who just don't get it. Do you hate April Fool's Day? Uh, I usually like it, but I, uh-huh. it, I'm not in the mood this year. Obviously, I'm not finding yeah. anybody's stuff funny. I'm like, we're, we've all been in the midst of like one long April Fool's for several years now, if you get my drift. Yes. So I'm ready to I'm ready to kind of uh, just get past today without people thinking it's hilarious to be like, oh, the Bulls fired Jim Boylan. Haha, <laughs> no, they didn't. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> All right, go ahead and advertise your social media handles and your work, please. Okay. Well, you did a good job at the beginning, but yes, you can follow me <laughs> at Sarah Spain, Sarah with an H, Spain like the country on Twitter. My Instagram is Spain2323. You can listen to the podcast that she said with Sarah Spain. There's a new one up every Tuesday. This week we have Rex Chapman on. Uh, you can listen to Spain and Company every weeknight, 5 to 8 p.m. Central on the ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. You can... Go follow Twitter, Around the Horn, where they're posting all the quote-unquote around-the-home videos. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, I'll be writing stuff for ESPNW. It's uh, kind of off and on depending on the project, so you can always check back in there and see if there's stuff there, too. To those that are asking, well, why don't you ask about her career? We already talked to her previously two years ago. Look back at the archives, <laughs> please. And yeah, go back. Yeah, Sarah Spain is the commish, the queen of everything. Me, I'm just a court jester. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Game over, yeah! Hashtag blame Ray Ray.